the future of photography. Hey everybody and welcome to the future of photography. This is, well not our new year show obviously because that was last year, came, uh, last year, no sorry, last week came out on the first day of the new year, of the new decade even. But this is our this, this is our first mainstream show. Uh, by now all those wild speculations we recorded, uh, well they'll probably all have come true I would expect by the time you listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Anyway, uh, this is, I think, officially show number 111, and uh, with me today are Jeremiah. Hiya. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all. <laughs> and Ema as well. Hey, Ema. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Jeremiah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, to you too. Yes, so unfortunately no Chris today. Uh, Chris is, I'm sure he won't mind us sharing this information. Chris doesn't really do Christmas. Um, Chris does a, some sort of nerd camp <laughs> at this time <laughs> of year. <laughs> and as we sit down to record this, um, sadly, he is unable to be with us. But hopefully he will be back for next week's show. So j- just the three of us, just the three of us this week. And as you may have seen from the title of the show, um, it's a bit of an update. And um, you know what? We haven't done one of these for a while. Uh, this is this is an update on uh, my mobile slash iOS photography workflow. Uh, and I checked back. And uh, we did last time we talked about this a bit was on show 87, which was in July 2019. And before that, number 76 in April 2019. Uh, So time time to to talk about evolution, time time to talk about evolution. I'm really interested, Ema, to to compare notes with you and your workflow, because I know that's primarily on the mobile side as well. And Jeremiah, really interested to hear from you on just how crazy it sounds to... (laughs) It doesn't sound that crazy, considering uh, I have been playing with uh, Photoshop on the iPad. And, ah, um, okay. And we'll get into it. As limited as it currently is, uh, it shows great promise. Ah, okay. Well, all right. Well, let's let we, we'll we'll get to the uh, we'll we'll get to the the whole sort of post processing and and creative uh, stuff in a bit. Um, I, I don't know. Where, well, I've got a few notes here. I'm just going to dive right in. And guys, please, you know, challenge me. Please question me. Whatever it is, um, and that goes for the listeners as well. Listeners really would be keen to hear how some of this makes sense to you. Uh, how maybe it doesn't make any sense at all to you. Um, and maybe things that you're doing that I haven't heard of uh, that I'd love to try. Actually, I love you know always looking for new ways of doing things. So um, please get in touch. Uh, we are uh, of course uh, on Twitter at tfop now t-f-o-p-n-o-w and uh, elsewhere on the internet uh, simply use the hashtag tfop now and that is how you can best get in touch with us really really easily failing that you can start at the website uh, thefutureofphotography.com um, which is uh, a great website that has all of our archive on it so you know please go there click if you're listening without subscribing, subscribe, all of that jazz. Uh, it'd be great to start the new year uh, with some new subscribed listeners as well. Anyway, I'll take a prayer. <laughs> right. First up, then. First up is one of my favorite tools. And this uh, in a world where everybody seems to dislike the number of dongles they need. Uh, this is a dongle. Specifically, it is my lightning SD card reader. Because I have a, a an iPad that has a, a lightning port rather than a, a USB-C port. This is one of my favorite things. I um, and, and more on the software side of this later. But simply speaking, I can take a card out of my camera and put it in my phone or my iPad and get my photos. Now, what could be easier than that? No computer needed. Uh, yeah, the only thing that would be easier is no dongle at all. <laughs> well, that's where Rima comes in, I think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's. I don't tend to go, but like, I I don't tend to shift large amounts of pictures all at the same time. So, like, I find an airdrop is fine. <laughs> ah, interesting. <laughs> interesting. I use that dongle. I I use that dongle because um, I tend to on the on the move use Lightroom on my phone. And uh, up to very recently, I think only the last month or so, the only way to pull pictures from your camera 
uh, even from the camera app into Lightroom was a kind of a convoluted way of kind of output, input, import, output. Yeah. Now you just, uh, so I, I would use, especially on my not, um, you know, my outboard cameras, plug it in, in you go to uh, Lightroom. I can set it up so it completely matches the computer and my archive, and it's very easy to deal with. And, of course, um, moving kind of big files in, you could move raw in, which yeah. um, up to recently you couldn't do that. Now, that's either. interesting. Yeah, that is really – I'd like to hear about that. I've got a, a little bit later in this conversation uh, a bit about uh, how, how the – a new part of workflow that has been enabled by an, uh, a new version of, of iOS. I think, I think it came out in iOS 13, uh, but I'll, I'd have to get, to, to, to get somebody to check on that, to get, get my people to check on that. But it, it's, uh, but <laughs> well, your best person. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that so, uh, but yeah, I, I might beg Jeremiah, I might beg you to hold that thought for a bit and we can compare notes a little bit later in the conversation on that. Um, it's definitely hard to argue with it as a tool, even I just think of my own mess <laughs> of a file insert I'm like, and how many pictures I do take on the phone that if I wanted to just do a wipe or, you know, but not dump anything, I can just see how useful it would be to pretty much transfer the mess from one place to another place, you know, easily. I think it, would, it doesn't it also uh, factor in how much memory you have on your device um, and and uh, what you want to do with it and how mm-hmm. how cloudy you want those images yeah. to be mm-hmm. in terms of its uh, ability to be read on multiple devices over multiple geographic locations. These mm-hmm. do play into one's decision. They, um, they do, actually. That's, that's very interesting. And go, going back to the last time we, we had an update on Workflow, which was in July, as I said, I think that show was called something like um, uh, Don't Give a Damn, as in Digital Asset Manager. Um, but but actually, a lot of it comes down to what are the options you have in digital asset management on these mobile tools, and uh, that's why I'm really interested to compare workflow notes because I I, I I found a, a a new way of doing things which actually cuts down on a lot of those issues about how much storage you need and how cloudy you want to be and stuff like that mm-hmm. but uh, it's yeah it's not a workflow option for the purists amongst us but more on that in a bit more on that so are second- you accusing some of us being purists? <laughs> no not in the slightest no no uh, I, I could just imagine the internet going <gasps> <laughs> well that's true but they do that about everything so. yeah I suppose so anyway moving on second second favorite tool um is, uh, is my apple pencil uh which for a long time after i bought it it sat in a drawer and i didn't use it at all uh and now i find i'm using it a lot more uh especially to do photo editing uh so uh that's that's been an, a new thing for me because i've never had for example um a, a tablet uh, you know a, a wacom tablet type mm-hmm. thing you know where you where you you use a pen to do photo editing i've never had anything of that uh before and and to be honest drawing isn't one of my skills but when you can zoom in quite and, and do quite you know detailed work easily um, i'm finding that great just drawing straight onto the screen of my ipad uh, but it's uh Je- jeremiah do you have a, a a wacom tablet or any other brand or anything like that I do. I do. I have a Wacom tablet and uh, I use it uh, sparingly. I I find that my big problem has been uh, that translating um, the tablet uh, in terms of its relationship with my hand (laughs) to a screen and that relationship with my eyes is not as efficient for me, uh, as using a mouse, oddly, um, I'm just much more skilled. I don't think about it, mm. but when I started to use Photoshop on my iPad with the pen, that's transformative. Um, because then you're working directly on the image and the level of precision is spectacular. And again, photo, you know, Photoshop, it's very early days there. Um, since not all of the, um, you know, 10 million, um, tools are available 
on the iPad. Um, but it's a great start for for kind of fine tuning uh, areas of the of the image um, in in its basic way of editing. You know, uh, exposure and and black point and white points and things like that. But I I have used the pen with a, a great deal of joy. I love that relationship uh, to the workflow. In fact. When the new uh, third-generation iPad Pro comes out with the larger screen, I am very tempted to jump in and get that and make that my go-to for editing. Ah, interesting. Mm, interesting. I do know of a photographer. I do know of a photographer, actually, um, a professional photographer who shoots mostly portraits, I believe, um, who uses the iPad as his primary uh, uh, production tool. It is absolutely uh, a, a good thing for me, actually, to to be able to draw straight on it. I, I don't think I've. I mean, I've only ever tried marginally to use a, a, an old style tablet and i know they sell some of them now which actually have a, a representation screen, of yeah. the computer screen on them um but that still would be to sort of you know have a, a pen off to one side and looking forward not at what my pen was doing i don't think i'd be able to do that i'm bad enough at drawing as it is <laughs> but having said that you know uh i i can do all of this stuff that we've just been talking about because it's an ipad i can sit on a sofa i don't need a large monitor i don't need a desk to put my you know to, to put my uh, laptop on to be to be sturdy uh, or anything like that um and i find that's i find that is it, it really helps me creatively i'm far more likely to to make an effort to 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 build something out of a a, a basic starting point photograph um, and so for me, it removes a barrier to creativity. And, and for me, you know, I, I would agree with that. I would say that uh, it does create other problems. Um, if your uh, initial um, goal is basically editing for a screen, then there's no issues rendering and and kind of uh, presenting but if you are editing for the purposes of making a fine art print you are going to run into some real issues because the disconnect between uh the beauty of of the new ipad screens or certainly our um computer screens are such that uh, one needs to do a lot of work to translate that uh, into a kind of ink paper combination. Yeah, um, becomes even more problematic. Uh, you know, the larger sizes and and kind of working with formatting. So um, I do you say specific that, paper that's good for that. Well, no, it, it's I, you know choice of paper, choice of ink. That's very subjective. Um, you know, there's there's so many different kinds of papers to use with printers and that all feel different with different kinds of inks. And whether one is doing uh, color black and white, whether one wants a more impressionistic image or a, you know, highly sharp image. Uh, again, all of those choices become... Um, important in selection of inks and papers and printers and how you edit your image. So I, I, I never, like if I'm editing an image on my computer, I can do what we call soft proofing. And for those listeners who've never done that, you can do a, 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 a version, an emulation of your ink and uh, paper so that there is a uh, similar, not exact, but similar representation on a computer screen that allows you to do further fine-tuned edits that adjust black point or uh, overall exposure, contrast specifically, um, that creates a print that is somewhat represent represented by uh, what one sees on your computer screen. Very difficult to do that completely on an iPad Pro. I haven't figured that out yet. It's a good. It's a good point. This is we're, what I think. What we're talking about here, and I need to caveat that is that my workflow is definitely, 
you know the the ninety percent workflow, <laughs> or, or if you're really into printing, possibly only the sixty percent workflow. Uh, you know, or uh, if accuracy is something, accuracy in print is something you're after. Then you know the, the, there are there are better tools available at this point. But it, as you say, it's interesting to see how uh, you know how far these things can go. Um, but 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 uh, I do find that you know uh, I mean I do print photographs, uh, not as many as I should probably, but I do print, um, and I'm finding that for most, let's call them domestic applications <laughs> <laughs> you know stuff but but most for, for me for for my for my you know I, I i don't do professional work so i don't have to worry about that i'm not really doing personal work that needs to be hung in public places either although part you know that might come in the future but it's not happening right now and so for me you know uh actually for the at the hobbyist level this this is working really well i have to say um uh can, can we can we talk then a little bit about um some of the operating system and file management stuff because this is this is my big news my big change since last time we we had this conversation uh is that i have moved to a jpeg based workflow hmm. well isn't that interesting <laughs> <laughs> i could interpret that in so many ways <laughs> and you should first of all do you know what jpeg stands for ah uh, that's a good question oh i'm gonna kick myself but i don't know me neither oh i thought we were gonna have a moment of insight there <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> from you isn't it just the name of the compression that they put on it yeah but it must it well, must be an must acronym right something. so it, it came originally as the uh, as part of the mpeg codec didn't it or was it or, uh, or was it the other way around i forget never mind i will tell you it, it stands for joint photographic experts group is that right who created that standard that's that's interesting and uh and that you know they uh they did good work didn't they i mean i know there's a lot of people that say there are better things to use these days and and people are starting ever so slowly to move away from jpeg as the standard but they've had that they've had a good 30 odd years of it haven't they <laughs> yeah no J jpeg is a very i think a really good compression i i only use it uh under duress, i.e. <laughs> 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 um, I, I, when I'm, um, you know, posting on Instagram, for example, I, you know, I, I'll use JPEG. Um, but for all of my library, which is as fat as it can be, uh, I use RAW and TIFFs. Um, TIFFs are huge as well. They're huge. They're all very huge. But when you go back into, you know, I've saved a ton of stuff in PSD and Photoshop files, which are massive, big, um, especially for using a lot of layers. But the non-destructive aspects of RAW are very, very appealing because, you know, over the years, and really speaking about future proofing, um, I can revisit an image that I've shot in RAW and take it into... For example, the new version of Camera Raw, um, which is an adjunct to uh, Adobe's Photoshop, Lightroom, etc. And the amount of information that is present in the, you know, in the color space or the shadow detail or e even the sharpness, <laughs> there is, uh, you know, a staggering difference in terms of pulling the nuances out. Under normal circumstances, uh, you know, taking pictures of, of my dog, <laughs> who's looking real cute, uh, I don't see any real big value for me to shoot in RAW, though I have. Um, but shooting JPEG works for uh, straight-up documentation for me. Um, but when I'm, when I'm kind of really drilled down on doing an image that I want – uh, to process uh, for printing, I find that RAW allows me so much more creative um, opportunities. Um, and you know what they say about JPEGs, though I've not really experienced this, that the more um, the more often you open it and close it and save oh, yeah, it. Yeah, they degrade. Yeah, yeah they degrade. Yeah, and I, yeah. I've never 
noticed it any more than I've noticed, say, an MP3 sounding terrible, unless I compare it directly to an uncompressed wave. You know what I mean? But if I'm just Mm -hmm. looking at it alone or hearing it alone, uh, it sounds fine. You know, I'm looking at the image, I'm listening to the song, but if I'm Mm -hmm. listening for quality, then I really do feel a a real difference. It it is interesting, isn't it? Discernment. It is. Yeah, it is. It's very. It is a very interesting thing. So I should probably caveat by this by saying that all my cameras are set to shoot RAW and JPEG, and I have, you know, I have a large disk array where I back stuff up. So, I, so I do have all the RAW files. Um, I don't use of them. Everything you've ever the, shot? No. Not of everything I've ever shot. Do you, are you selective? Like, do you do it on a weekly basis? Where you go, okay, I'm keeping this, 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 and this, and the rest go. Uh, so, so that, that's a really good question. So, um, in the past when I've had workflows that include editing raw files, when I've deleted stuff, uh, I'm, I'm deleting, you know, the, the raw files as well, you know, for, for that shot where, um, you know, the flash didn't fire and basically you got a blank square, right? Yeah. Mm. That, that's, you know, mm. um, all the ones that were so hopelessly out of focus, nobody could ever come back to them and say that they were a bit creative. <laughs> the, 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 those sorts of things I've, I've deleted in the past, but actually now my, this new workflow I've, I've, I'm working on at the moment, and it is a work in progress. Uh, it, it, it sees me backing up my cards on a computer at some point, right? And I keep them, uh, I keep them in a folder structure. So I've got the, uh, where I can dr- drill down by year, by month, usually by month, um, sometimes by a specific event. Like if we went on the trip, you know, I'd have a folder for that particular trip. Uh, and I'd have, and then uh, underneath that, you know, once I got down to a certain level of date granularity, mm. it's then, mm. well, what camera was it shot on? So can, can I ask both of you a question? Sure. You went to that. Um, it, it, how um, how much uh, do you focus on backing up your images overall? In other words, how paranoid are you of system crashes and losing Not stuff? Uh, you see, I, I, I come from this school that says, because I used to drive motorcycles for a long time, I, I always say... Uh, you're either down or you're going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and at some point, your device, uh, whether it's a you know an iPhone or a computer or a hard drive, it it's going to fail, and hopefully, it fails at uh, quote an opportune time unquote. Mm-hmm. And not too much uh, hassle. But if you've ever lost a machine or a hard drive with value on it, uh, you kick yourself and say, well, why didn't I just put this into a system? And since we're talking about workflow, I I think that one of the basic foundations of workflow is backing up your images. And, And not only because you don't want to lose those family photos, but because photographs um, tend to increase in value. When I say value, I mean emotional value, um, historical value, possibly economic value, as they get older um, and as they get further away from the present. So backing up uh, your family photos becomes a gift to the generations that will follow you it's, it's uh, so, so to a point to a point i gotta jump in there because really how many terabytes do my children's children children want what want, <laughs> want to want to wade through uh, to, to, You'll answer have your, to ask them. to answer your question uh i i i so i have sat on the desk here beside me two raid enclosures both with two drives in so one is my primary raid which is in mirror mode is that raid zero i forget which one mirrors the drive so i have two live storage drives which are mirrored with a in a hardware raid enclosure next to it is the backup raid which also has two drives in it which are mirrored um and so in theory there are four drives sat on my desk that have all of my archive on them 
And so and that bit I haven't. And it's a really good challenge because that bit of my workflow, I haven't changed. And it's what enables some of the stuff I did, you know, you know the, the new stuff that I'm doing now. So uh, I get going back to the, the, the JPEG thing just for a moment, if I may, uh, the... Uh, I, there's been a change in the recent version of iOS that allows you to import things from a card without going through the uh, without without being constrained to going right into the Photos app. And so, what I've developed is a little workflow that so that that I, I I attach my dongle with my memory card to the to the iPad. I then go into the Files app and pull down all the JPEGs off that card. Now I don't have any. M- cameras with two card slots if i did it'd be much easier because i would just say save jpegs to one and raws to another and i'd just use the jpeg card but as it is i have to have this interim step uh, which has recently been made only very recently been made possible so i can now do a two-step import where i actually import into the files app into a folder just on the on my ipad section nothing cloudy or anything like that mm. and then i can select them and say say save photos which is oh, and then that saves them into the photos app yeah that's very handy it, it is it is um, and that files app is very handy uh, you could, or it may happen automatically, is uh, your files app could be constantly backing up to the iCloud. So, Well, I have uh, photos, the Photos app set to do that. So everything that goes into Photos, yeah. uh, into the Photos app, gets backed up to iCloud. I mean, I have, I have a similar system. I have a, a Drobo, um, which is a, a kind of a, a variation on a, on a, on a RAID. There's eight drives, um, and while they don't exactly mirror, all the kind of basic information is spread out uh, on these eight drives, and they tend to indicate if any sectors are bad, it copies it to another another drive. Um, And uh, that's kind of my my kind of go-to in my studio backup. But I also back up using Backblaze, which is a cloud-based uh, yeah, yeah. service, and and I do that. It, it runs in the background automatically. Uh, the first backup of your massive uh, library is quite, um, you know, it takes a long, long time. But but once it's done, it just backs up incrementally. Because I I always you know being being a kind of a, a pessimistic um, you know kind of person, I think well if if I just backed up to the to the raid or to the drobo here. And there was a catastrophic event to the house. Um, all of that would be lost, and so uh, you know, every you know quarter or half year, I will then back up the raid, the Drobo, and I will take the the disc and or discs offsite and put them in a safety deposit box, so that uh, there are okay. in fact a cloud backup, an offsite backup and an uh, office backup. Uh, and that reassures me that, you know, 70,000 images are not going to go away. Mm. What to do with them? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so I do I do have a, a another hard drive that has the, the majority of my photos on it, which is stored off-site, uh, le- left with a family member. The downside of that is that it very rarely gets updated. So... Yeah, it, it but it but it is a a a, a last resort thing, you know, Um, that it that it would be there. But it, yeah, I, I I'm I I'm going to challenge. This is really interesting. And Emo, I want to get your view on this as well because I'm, you know, I don't think the world wants me to preserve most of my photographs. <laughs> i'm okay if the bits that go into the cloud yeah the bits that go into the cloud and maybe just the 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 ones i like a a selection uh not 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 just because i think they're all fine artworks but maybe because they have an interesting building in the background or whatever yeah a snapshot in time you know yeah yeah um i i and i think that that for me for yeah i know we've talked about this before (laughs) (laughs) um Mine just kind of either go to the cloud or they go to a Flickr Pro account, which is unlimited. And if I really mm. want to keep it, that's where I put it because I don't have to think about it too much. I do have a hard drive. I, I lost my last hard drive is gone, lost, just exploded or blew up or something. It just stopped working. So everything that was on that, I lost. 
Um, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't even remember what was on it now. I've left it go. But um, I have another one that's full. So you're making me really paranoid now that I need to. Um, <laughs> I need to get a new hard drive at least. Well, you know what they um, say, that paranoia is just having all the facts. Like in terms of, you know, sentimentality, and you know, like I've got a, a huge box of printed photos, uh, you know, like family stuff. Um, so another and then good backup. anything I would have done really long time ago is also in a box of negatives and old photographs um that's my storage uh, but you know what i think i think there's something to be said for being relaxed about uh, about i think if i had a beautiful picture and i had a beautiful high quality print of it i couldn't care less if there was never a digital version you know Uh, i'm gonna challenge the object would last i am gonna challenge both of you on this (laughs) i really am because i i believe that our appreciation of images and nature and our process and creativity and our images changes as we age. It changes with our life experience. Mm -hmm. It changes as we kind of think of, of seeing uh, the world through maybe more nuanced or less nuanced lenses and images that you thought were rubbish, maybe, you know, five years ago and you come across it, you remember you took that picture. Uh, there was something instinct, instinctual that that mm. drove you to capture that. And all of a sudden, five, ten, twenty years later, you look at that image and you go, "I, I want to investigate that image again in a different way." And the exploration of some of your own work creates a whole different way of seeing not only the world but your own life and and your advances uh or regression as as an artist and i I do or as a photographer uh, so i i do think that that saving um especially in a world where storage is becoming as cheap as what we used to have here, you know, prizes in Cracker Jacks boxes. Mm-hmm. It's very inexpensive to have basic storage of all your images. And I'm telling you the, that, that the future, whether it's you or your children, you know, you think, well, they may be interested, they may not. But I know that, you know, my mom was still alive at 92 you know, she sent me boxes and boxes of, of you know, Super 8 film that my father had taken and even 16 millimeter uh, uh, movies that my father had shot. He was a photographer and, and uh, just a ton of, of images. And I've, you know, over the last several years been involved in, in, in digitizing them and to give them a sense of permanence. But I look at those images and they are quite amazing and they get more amazing with every year that passes. Um, so uh, I encourage you to actually, as we discuss workflow, whether it's on an iPad or a computer or even on your phone, uh, not to not to edit out the images that you think are not, uh, that don't fulfill your immediate goals but trust that there was a reason you took that picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> assuming, <laughs> assuming that there's a level of craft and creativity in the original yeah. image, but yes, <laughs> there may be later, or maybe, maybe later. No, so so I'm to- I'm totally with you, uh, uh, and you know, so so what I'm describing here is really it, it is is a is a part uh, is a new part of, of a, a workflow that for me I try and constantly evolve you know, how, how I'm dealing with these things to make it, uh, well, so, so there's a, um, uh, to, to make it as easy as possible to do two things. One is to, uh, achieve the, the creative vision I have for, for taking the photograph and, and to, to make that as easy and painless as possible. And, and secondly, of course, to make sure that those images are then safe. 
so so there 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 are two sides to it and i and i i have what i have one foot in the in the paranoid camp where i have raid drives on my desk i have uh, another you know uh, i have another foot in uh in the uh in the quick and easy you know make use of the tooling don't be too tied to older uh, older workflows and perhaps older processes and older software where you know where there are new things that that might do as good um or, or even in some cases be more creative or more easily to be creative um you know and and so so i think i i you you're right to challenge jeremiah this is this is, there's always more than one dimension to this isn't it as much as i'd like this to be uh, a call to arms for everybody to just you know, ha- you know put a sledgehammer through their computers and only use their phones forevermore <laughs> uh at least at least for the non-capture bits of photography anyway but it's not that is it and it's never it you know and it's not appropriate to really even to talk in those terms other than as a joke so but but these things are getting better and better and we've talked on and on about um affinity photo um and you know photoshop is now on the semi-natively available on the ipad um, and it'll get there will it you know um, and, and that's great it's great to have competition um, how long it'll take adobe to get there not really even much of a much of a question really they'll get there and, and everything will be fine and everybody that likes to use ipads and likes to use adobe will be able to get everything but in the meantime what are we using well all sorts of stuff all sorts yeah of stuff. there's a ton of stuff that works beautifully yeah, I mean, I I recently, I think we've talked about this briefly before, but I I recently um, have started using a lot more an app called Darkroom. Oh, me too. Yeah, uh, and and that has one of the things that I was missing from my iOS workflow is is proper color correction option not proper but more sophisticated color correction uh you know hue saturation luminance kind of thing you know across a range of uh, a range of colors um and the, and darkroom has that um so that's that's uh that that's something that i've started using a bit more recently um sadly darkroom doesn't have any selective editing tools uh, at least not that i can find <laughs> and i have paid for the full uh, full edition <laughs> Um, so Snapseed is still right up there for me because that old um, Nick software you know, way of working is still for me is one of the most powerful ways on a mobile device of doing selective adjustments. Um, although Lightroom is pretty good in that regard as well. Um, so it's, it is uh, and getting better. So, uh, yeah, so just a couple of bits there on software. I mean, Emo, I know apps are something that you like to use a lot as well. Anything from your side on, on apps recently? Um, no, I've been I've been so busy lately that I've hardly taken a picture. I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> it's a new year, so I'm, gonna, <laughs> that happens. You know, I, I'm thinking about the whole workflow thing. So I need some new equipment and I need I need new I need new things and that'll push me forward and. You know, I love the idea of the pencil and um, manipulating the picture on, you know, on the screen. I really want to do some more of that. So this is why the the iPad is really, this idea is growing in me now. I think the film camera might get pushed to the background a little bit. I think this is my way <laughs> forward right now. So, I mean, I do. I, I find that that uh, when you're using your, your phone uh, as an editor, um, you know, we, we do have favorites, uh, you know, camera plus number two yeah, is very, very plus, good. Yeah. Uh, Snapseed is fantastic. Mm. Darkroom is fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's something called focus F O C O S mm. also great. Um, but there are so many that do one or two things really well and everything mm. else kind of okay. Yeah, that's and, true. And, and so as one kind of navigates through a combination of editing, depending on what the end result needs to be. Um, I find that each of us will find a combination of apps that tend to work. You know, when I'm at my computer, even uh, working with, and I have, you know, a lot of tools available to me, um, you know, I will begin with Lightroom because that's how I organize my um, my work so I can find mm-hmm. things. 
Um, then I will edit in uh, Photoshop. Um, I'll do some basic editing in Lightroom, which is really camera raw. Mm -hmm. They use camera raw, so that's the, sort of the bridge. I'll pull it into Photoshop, uh, and then I, I can use camera raw there too, and then do much more sophisticated uh, editing with Photoshop. But I find often I'll go to uh, a Nick, uh, software, if I'm doing black and white, or um, if I'm recreating an old process on one, uh, there's a few um, editing tools that, thank goodness, are are integrated effectively with Photoshop. So I don't ever I, when I save those, it saves it directly into Photoshop. So I'm kind of just moving through Photoshop into other third parties, which uh, open through Photoshop, use those, save in. And all of those things uh, tend to end up um, saved in Lightroom because the, the workflow is such that it cascades back. So there's an edited version, not destructive, but mm. edited version in my library uh, in the folder collection that I determine uh, it needs to be, and it is the fully edited version. Uh, and then printing is a whole other, you know, we we should spend a whole entire episode mm -hmm. on printing because yeah. it's a whole other world. But, but as that workflow that I've described uh, becomes automated into mobile devices, I embrace that well. And, and so still we have to kind of save it then open it again in another uh, app. There are a few that that are co-joined, and they're generally created by the same manufacturers. But there is something fantastic, as you pointed out, Adrian, about sitting on your couch with a pen and just letting the muse, you know, without being kind of focused on a screen and a keyboard and all the rest of it. Uh, it, it's a wonderful thing, or being in an airport or on a plane. These are really, really uh, exciting ways of devoting time and energy and focus to editing. So as we see the integration of kind of wired editing to mobile editing, uh, I think we're going to see um, a whole new, I'll call it a whole new generation of images and photographers who are discovering that editing in mobile um, is something that outside of, you know, adding a filter in Instagram, which they may have been doing for several years, uh, is something that is kind of baby steps to really significant um, tool adjustments in something like Snapseed and then moving forward to Affinity and you know, Photoshop and there's a few others that are coming up as well. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time, I have to say. And this is very yeah. much a, an update of a work in progress for me. You know, the, the, I'm always trying new things, you know, and, you know, uh, even and, and finding out little things like finding out that actually, you know, uh, Snapseed um, is a non-destructive editor. If you you, you can actually save, uh, uh, you can work on a file, you can save it. And then you can open it again and all of your edits will still be there and still mm -hmm. be adjustable, you know, yeah. and, and, and I don't think a lot of people know that. I certainly only found it out recently. Um, but and, don't they ask you when you save something, do you want to save a copy for editing or do you want to? So, well, you can either, you can either modify the original or save a copy for editing, but whichever one of those you choose, that affects what you see in your photo management app. Mm -hmm. But actually yeah. Snapseed still remembers the edits it does, and, yeah, and, yeah. and it synchronizes them. If you happen to use iCloud, um, you can pick up those very same edits on a different machine yeah um so you can edit something on your ipad and want to tweak it on your phone and you can get back and 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 make those adjustments so so snapseed is quite powerful like that actually darkroom is is the same i'm not sure if it goes across devices yet but certainly if you reopen an edited image in darkroom even a jpeg which of course is not saving it into the jpeg because the jpeg file format likely doesn't support that um but darkroom somehow has a a, a way of uh remembering what edits you've made um and so yeah uh, and you know it's 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 get it's, it's really feeling um 
six months since we lasted a, sh- a, a conversation like this is really feeling that actually things have moved on quite a chunk and it's it's an ex- it's an exciting time it really is um, have you seen um the announcements i think we talked about it early on uh of this zeiss uh camera oh um, yes that, yes that they're threatening to put out and god knows why they haven't by this time they they announced it when leica announced the q2 like maybe two years ago or a year and a half ago uh the q2 is out and the zeiss which is i believe has something like a 35 millimeter lens integrated one terabyte hard drive i think or 512 it was something like that yeah some some massive thing but it also has lightroom built into the camera And so you can shoot raw JPEG. Uh, You can save uh, either both. You can do all your edits and then you can save it to the cloud all from the camera itself. Um, I I think that's an interesting thing, though I'm not sure I trust a hard drive in the camera to kind of protect my images uh, moving forward because at least if a card goes bad, I can replace it. But if all of a sudden you turn on your camera and says mm-hmm. <laughs> there are no images mm-hmm. on it when you've been shooting for a week, mm-hmm. um, that that could be, it be could be problematic, couldn't it? Yes. <laughs> that would be a problem. And so. that, uh, I have a direct line to my pick of the week with that but well that that's good because um, it's probably time we should wrap up actually because this, <laughs> this conversation is, is is longer than some of our usual ones so <laughs> so so feel feel free jeremiah straight into the uh, straight into the pick of the week let's go there. it's an it's the narbox i think i've talked about it before uh g-n-a-r uh narbox it's a a, a waterproof outboard storage unit which um you you basically when you're shooting um, and you could be shooting in, you know, in any format on any device, video or, or, or still, uh, you would take your card out and though it does work wirelessly at, uh, as well, you take your card out, you slam it into this thing and it automatically backs it up, um, to the device. And the device is such that you can actually do edits, um, on on it using other devices um and is without kind of getting into the kind of the the weeds about it is a wonderful uh piece of equipment that works with all the kind of workflows that we've been discussing and protects your images as you move along shooting so you don't have to worry about uh throwing this in and that in and backing up as you're going because it does create an ongoing massive backup to all your all your work on the road it's that uh the, i'm really intrigued by these devices i i haven't got one myself but it's definitely something i've thought thought about getting um you know here pretty much only good things about them so it, it's great i kick started it you know i i you know, I bought it on Kickstarter. Ah, right, okay. And, and waited an awful long time, and when it finally showed up, uh, it was not disappointing. It's really good. <laughs> the new one. The new one, yeah, the new one. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, well, my my pick of the week is very straightforward. We've talked about it already, which is simply the S card, the SD card uh, reading dongle, but uh, by, by Apple. Um, uh, it, it really makes a, that and some of the recent software changes really make a huge difference to my workflow. So that was my pick of the week. But I think, I think, uh, Ema's got one, uh, that's a little bit more creative and photography based rather than equipment based, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, just as you know, me, I love an old photo. So just as an aside, um, I think when this goes out, it's the 7th, is it, of January? This, uh, it might even be the 8th of January, actually, by the time this show goes out, yes. Oh, because that's, what, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, days of the week. So January 6th was uh, the end of the Christmas season, Little Christmas, but here in Ireland we have a thing called Nolag Naman, which is Little Women's Christmas or Women's Little Christmas, and that's supposed to be, allegedly, when the, the women take a day off and... Um, the men do all the work, but um, <laughs> we everybody's already back to work and everything. So it's, it's kind of a name alone these days. But um, lots of people have little parties and stuff, you know, for the night. But um, anyway, just I, I came across over the holidays just this little collection of 24 photos from Christmas in Ireland from every decade of the 20th century. 
Oh, and, I'm looking um, at it now. It's so good. It's so Lovely, good. There's a poster from the Gaiety Theater in I Dublin. I, I I shot in there. I did a did commercial too. for like I was there for weeks. It, I <laughs> have a soft spot in my heart for the for Gaiety. The Gaiety. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, they do big Christmas uh, panto at Christmas. Is yeah. huge the the thirties is good. All those witches. Yeah, I love the whatever they are. <laughs> I like all the turkeys arriving on the back of the horse, the donkey and cart. <laughs> it's delivery <laughs> of turkeys. Yeah. I just thought they were really no, sweet, and it's different. It's nice to look back on. Nothing and the like tiny about girl images. with all the Christmas trees around her. <laughs> That's a really good one as well. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Thank you. Okay, well, there, there we go. So, um, as I said, uh, I think a couple of times uh, throughout the conversation, really would be pleased to hear from listeners, uh, you know, uh, with, with uh, ideas, with uh, questions, with critique, <laughs> um, uh, cha- constructive challenge as to as to why some of the things that we've been talking about today may not work or may not be right for everybody. I don't expect them to be right for everybody, but it's uh, it's good fun. And, uh, you know, I will keep you posted on my experiments in photography workflow and see see where we get to. Maybe maybe in a, in a few months time, maybe won't leave it six months this time unless I don't make a lot of progress <laughs> um just one way to, uh, to to sign us out um i mentioned uh, a youtube channel earlier on um uh, and uh, there will be a link in the show notes to it um uh, it, it is called drew photo but i was misspelling drew drew in this case is spelled d-r-u-e uh check out the uh some of the tutorials and ways of working and workflow videos that he does um if you want to see uh professional uh doing uh you know chargeable work uh on an ipad <laughs> if that makes any sense to anybody because <laughs> it's real and it happens and it may not be it may not be for everybody but it's real and it happens uh so um and on that note um we have been the future of photography and uh we will we are uh, available at futureofphotography.com or sorry thefutureofphotography.com um and uh, at tfop now on twitter and uh, as a as an account uh, and as a hashtag everywhere else uh, that's tfop now um please get in touch um uh, on there there are some email addresses on the website as well if you prefer to email it i'd be really keen to hear about people's workflow uh, do's and don'ts and uh, especially if there's any catastrophic risks down the road for me <laughs> anyway um uh, it has been an honor and a privilege to talk to you all we'll be back next week goodbye bye all bye. thank you bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Future of Photography.